out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. I'm happy to today introduce you to Yul Banda. I met Yul in the same online men's group in which I met Jurgens, the Rune Grandmaster, of two episodes ago. I experienced Yul as someone with a vast amount of serenity, and I wanted to find out how he got to that place and how he maintains it. So I asked him to be our guest on Meet Me in the Field to answer these questions and to get to know him better. I'm excited to introduce Yul and his past to you. We meet a man of deep faith who uses this faith who uses this faith to carry him through difficult times and to live a life of standing in service of his fellow man. In his capacity as a coach, he guides people to understand their free choices and to nurture their natural talent to live full and fulfilling lives. If you want to find Yule and maybe use his services, log on to his website, which is www.transcendentcoach.com. That is T R A N S. C-E-N-D-E-N-T-C-O-A-C-H Transcendentcoach.com Or find him on his Facebook page which is on Facebook also as Transcendent Coach. This podcast is supported by Orangutans in the Field. The podcast where Marilyn and I talk about life stuff, how it impacts our mental health and how we deal with it. Catch this unedited raw, sometimes heart-eating, and always blatantly honest podcast on Anchor FM and Iona FM. Please also look out for information on my book, Life for Non, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage, which is www.freddy.org.za. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop, which is www.freddyshop.co.za. Freddy is always spelt with an I-E at the end. This is Yule's story. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Yule Banda, welcome to Meet Me in the Field. How are you doing? I'm well, Freddy, thank you. How are you? I'm actually quite cool, thank you very much. I had, I had my second vaccination this morning. So, um, oh, that's fantastic. So I'm waiting for all the dreaded um, side effects to start clicking in, but so far I'm still feeling okay. And That's I hope, amazing. And I hope I don't get sick because tomorrow is going to be a busy day. So um, it will be very inconvenient for me to get sick. But anyway, it, it, it is what it is. So I yes. haven't seen you for a very long time. We have. I don't think we've physically met. We, we've never physically Ever. met. No, we, we, we saw each other a lot on our, on our, on our screens in front of us. When, when we did the men's group. And, That's um, great. And then the men's group ended. and But we still had contact every now and then, which, which was lovely. It was really cool. So tell me, your surname is Banda. Where, where did you grow up? Where are you from? That's an interesting story. So the surname is Banda. And I grew up, born in Cape Town, huh? but grew up in Johannesburg. Oh, but where, where in Johannesburg did you grow up? Sorry? Where in Johannesburg did you grow up? On the East Rand in Boxburg. Okay. I'm from Joburg as yes. well. I grew up in Trio. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so, so Boxburg boy. Cool? 
Yes, and I mean, it's an interesting story because um, as I've gotten older, I've gotten to understand my lineage. So okay. my grandfather from my father's side is Malawian or, or oh, was wow. Malawian. Okay. Hence the surname. But he died when my dad was, was fairly young. Um, he died at the age of 33. Wow. And my grandmother at the time raised eight children single-handedly. Wow. And she was from Da'ar. Oh, my word. Okay. Yes. But my dad who then subsequently graduated from UCT in 1966 as a medical doctor. Oh, cool. Uh, he then started his career in Johannesburg, and that's where he met my mom. And he actually spent his entire career, his working career in Johannesburg. So I literally grew up in Joburg. I came down to Cape Town, I think it was 2006 to 2008 for about two years for work and quite enjoyed it, then went back uh, for a while. And something happened within those two years. I, I think I was in a stage where I was looking for something more. And after I had gotten back to Joburg, I realized that the Western Cape offers a different kind of lifestyle that quite resonated with me. <laughs> And that was what the major reason why I wanted to move back. And it took me about four and a half years, I think, if yeah, yeah, about five or six years to get back to Cape Town. Like I moved back in 2014, August 2014. And I've been back since. Awesome. How old are you now? I'm 45. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my God, you look so much younger. <laughs> really Thank you. <laughs> you should see your face right now. <laughs> I'm really stunned. I'll be 46 in oh October. Good grief. And how many children are you? We are my biological siblings. I have two uh, older brother and a younger sister. And then I also have a stepbrother and a stepsister who's actually my stepbrother who is currently in Australia. He's my age. And my stepsister's two years older than me. So she'll okay. be 40, 48 this year. Okay. So you're a middle child or you're a classic middle child. Do you, do you carry all the baggage and all the issues? <laughs> you know, I don't really, I, I don't characterize myself as someone that, sort of embodies stereotypes. I don't like it, to be quite honest with you. But I am a middle child, and I am different to the others in many ah. ways, in every way. <laughs> Fabulous. Let me put it that way, yeah. Good, good for um, you. I mean, I, it's quite interesting because my cousin from the States phoned me the other day because I, I lost my, like I, I shared with you earlier on, I lost my stepmom just oh. over a week ago. After a, a, a long battle with Parkinson, she passed on. And he called just to sort of connect and just see how I'm doing. He asked me the question, so why do you think you are so different, or why you turned out so different from your brother and sister? And without even skipping a beat, I said conscious choice. Ah. Because that is a fundamental belief that I hold. Because yes. we grew up in the same household with the same values installed in us. No one, in my view, was favoured more than the other. Barring maybe my sister, because I mean she was much younger. 
And I think there was a reason for that because I lost my mom when I was 18. She was 10. And I think my dad felt the need to overcompensate. Mm, Um, But having said that, he was doing the best that he could with the knowledge and experience that he had at the time. And he was flawed when I said conscious choice. Mm. That's going to be definitely one of the big topics that I had in the back of my mind as a question. But the first thing I, I, I want to ask is, so dad being a medical doctor, what did mom do for a living? Mom was a home executive. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. But she died very young. Um, I mean, she died at the age, tender age of 41 um, from cancer. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was really quite traumatic, you know, particularly for me, I think for all of us. But, I mean, coming out of matric, mm-hmm. where you sort of, Forming your identity and you're going into this new world as an adult, so to speak, and to not have your maternal figure mm. to sort of guide you and to nurture you. I must say that the, those two years, my first and second year in particular, were quite challenging. Shaman, I can imagine. Did you grow up religiously? Yeah, I did. Uh, from a young age, I mean, I remember going to um, Sunday school as a child. And I mean, when I say young, I'm talking probably about the earliest that I can remember was probably about five years old. Okay, yeah. And I, I, I literally grew up in the church. Okay. From, from both mom and dad's side? Or was it more, more pushed by, by one of the, of the two? Mostly mom. Okay. Um, I think it was because of the nature of dad's work where he... he um, he, he specialized, so he was an orthopedic surgeon at the time. Oh, wow. So he wasn't a GP. So often on weekends, I remember that he, he'd be on call at the mm, hospital. Yeah. So he wouldn't be home. Okay. So that responsibility by default fell on, uh, fell on okay. mom. Okay. So and wasn't she was really the bedrock of my sort of spiritual development, if you will. Okay. Awesome. So it wasn't due to a, 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 a lack of belief or, or faith from his side. It was just one of those things. It was a pretty practical. Yeah, yes. Okay. That's correct, yeah. And did religion resonate with you as a, as a young boy? What do you mean by that? Did you believe? Were you committed to, to the whole Christian belief system? Yes, yes, yes. I've always, I think, again, because it was installed in me in, from such a young age, and I think it was, I was living it in many ways and I experienced it in many ways. It was the only thing that I knew. Okay. Yeah. And I really saw this come to life when my mom died in, you know, from cancer in 18, at the, at the, when, I, when I was 18, when I just yeah. matriculated in 90, I matriculated in 93 and she died in um, January 94. Oh, wow. And it was really that my, my faith that kept me going every single day i remember that first year there were so many opportunities for me to say you know what i I just can't do this Mm -hmm. but i knew that that there is a reason why this is happening and they actually for myself also there is no other way i have to just push through push Mm -hmm. through the pain um and i wouldn't know what tomorrow would look like and i would Mm -hmm. just push through that particular day and my, my prayer up to today also is always God just give me the strength to get through today oh, and cool. its challenges. Yeah, yeah. I love that. 
I love that today there's an interesting, I, I suppose you know that I'm in recovery from, from drug addiction and alcoholism, all those type of things. And one of the things that they teach us in recovery is that just for today concept. And, um, yeah. and the thing of our higher power will never give us more than we can handle today. But we need That's to handle true. today's, we need to handle today's shit today. Because we don't handle it today. Tomorrow we have to deal with yesterday's and today's. And tomorrow, if we don't handle today's with yesterday and today's and tomorrow's. So, and at That's some stage, great. the camel's back is going to break. So Absolutely. deal with today's today and close today off. Put a full stop off today. Today's done. I've, I've dealt with what I needed to do today. Um, and it sounded as if that, that, that was kind of how you lived. How did you, did you feel a sense of, was there, was there an energy, a, 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 a sense of, I don't know how to ask this question, you but I'm seeing this 18-year-old this boy with a 10-year-old sister, and, 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 and the whole family is in mourning. And, and, and did you have the capacity to also support this poor little young girl? I did, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where that strength came from. It can only come from above, to be I quite honest. Imagine, yeah. um, Shame. And oh. we, we, we were very, very close uh, at the time. You know, um, yeah. Uh, okay. We were almost like twins. We were inseparable in many ways. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. This, so that's why you, you look so young. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if your twin is 35, you can't be 45. You know, that, 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 that's what it's about. <laughs> so tell me, what did you do after school? So after school, I, I studied at just around the corner from where you grew up at uh, the then Rao University. Oh, wow. Uh, did I'm, it be, yes. I'm also am, I'm a, an alumni. Oh, are you? Okay, yeah. uh, Rocky, it's Rocky. Yeah. So I initially registered for a BCom, and then in my second year, I changed to a Bachelor of Arts. And at that, that stage, it was called Personnel Management, okay. um, but it's now Human Resources Management. So I completed that that qualification. Cool. And then, um, and then I entered the world of work, and then I continued with studies part time. I've always been interested in bettering myself, and I've always been curious by nature. Oh. So I then subsequently did a advanced diploma in labor law. Oh, wow. Because um, okay. uh, I thought that was an area that I wanted to specialize in. Mm, I and, would say but that it, it did come stage. in very, yeah, at some stage, it did come in very hand, helpful in my career. Okay. And uh, then I also did an advanced program in organizational development uh, through UNISA. Uh, me as well. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> That's I did amazing. Mine, I did mine through Pretoria Tech. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Freaky. And I always say nothing in this world is coincidence. Yeah. There's always synchronicity. I, I believe that fundamentally. And this is what I so love about doing this because this podcast is my hobby. So um, I always oh, really? feel so weird. Yeah, it, it just literally... I started with it, what, three, four years ago, and, and I just meet people in the field and we chat. And it's so amazing yeah. to, to, to pick up those, the, the synchronicity and the, the Afrikaans with a life, Afrikaans with rock and just the spots where your lives touch each other. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And, and were you working in the personnel field at that stage? 
most of your life or did you did, did, did most you, of my life yeah okay. so, so when, when i graduated obviously because i didn't have any experience i was with one of the big four banks and i started in a call center as most young graduates would oh at the time oh, and then sort of actually it wasn't it was a such an exciting project Are it was serious? a brand new project yes okay it was a brand new project at the time uh where in particular with a NEDCO bank. And what we would do, what the project entailed was providing a call center experience for branch staff. So we'd be the first line contact for branch staff in resolving queries pertaining to the different products, okay. be it home loans, be it land asset finance, investments, savings accounts, check accounts. So it was really, really, um, it was very uh, exciting. It was, okay. uh, yeah, it was very cool. exciting. Awesome. So, and then, then the, the, the queries that you can't resolve, that then it's, it's escalated up to, to then actually take the proper bank staff's time and energy. Am I correct? That's correct. Okay, yes. cool. Yes. Okay, so that was a way to kind of free them up with, to not answer the, 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 the what can I call it, um, day-to-day stuff, but only get more involved in the really intriguing stuff. That That's right, right, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And then after that? And after that, so I was in that role for about, I think, 18, 18 months, yes. And then I started my career in HR within NetBank. And I stayed in HR, well, I'm, I'm still in HR, actually. Um, but I've obviously moved on from NetBank. I moved on from NetBank to Standard Bank and um, into a leadership position. And then back to NetBank and then back to Standard Bank. <laughs> and then... And then I got an exciting opportunity to move to Cape Town in 2006 ah. in the public sector. And that was a specialized role in organizational development, which was something that I was passionate about at the time. Ooh. And I really enjoyed that role because it was, it was very different from the sort of generalist role. Mm. And it was the focus was primarily on business improvement, helping the institution with a strategy, looking at the structure, um, and lots of projects, nice. which I quite enjoyed. And then after two years, I went back into a, uh, a generalist role. And primarily for, for the remainder of my career, I sort of remained in sort of a generalist role until about 2014 um, in leadership positions. And uh, let me take a step back. So I mentioned earlier that in... 2006 to 2008, I was I worked in Cape Town. Yeah, and then I moved back to Joburg uh, for personal reasons. And it was in that two-year period that something about the Western Cape really resonated with me, and I wanted to move back. So an opportunity came my way in 2014 when I was a, a, uh, appointed within the financial services industry because that's the bulk of my experience with what with one of the big financial services companies here in Cape Town. And my plan at the time was to remain with that company for five years. Um, I really enjoyed the culture at the time. I enjoyed the role, uh, leading a big team. Uh, I was growing as an individual. Uh, I had just sort of discerned my sort of leadership approach. And two and a half years into the role, we lost two big accounts that accounted for 70% of the revenue. Oh my! And 
you know what's coming next. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I can feel it in my backbone. <laughs> yes. Staff cuts, staff cuts, staff cuts. Yes. Yeah, right. so um, they had to relook at the business and mm. um, restructure the business. And uh, throughout, funnily enough, throughout that process, I remained optimistic that I'd secure another role within the company because it's a big company. But it didn't pan out that way. And I was retrenched in 2016. Oh, no. Uh, November 2016, yeah. Oh. Just a sec. That's about the same time I got retrenched as well. <laughs> I, think, wow. I think I got retrenched in September 2016. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Another rock. Was that yeah in, in Cape Town? In Cape Town, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I had to check back with it was 2016. I, I, I can't remember how long I've been on my own. And that then prompted me to start my own practice because I was by that time already qualified as a counselor, but I was too I was too afraid to work as a counselor. So when the retrenchment happened, it was kind of, I believe my higher power was saying, kind of, come on. No, no. Do, no safety blanket anymore. Now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I can resonate with that. I can so identify with that as well. Through through all of this, um, were you were you were you still attending church and, and all those type of things, or, or, or did did religion become a far more personal thing for you? Let me think back. Um, I think it, it was a, it was a combination of both, actually. To be quite honest. Um, I think with, with the moving and all of that, uh, it did obviously disrupt church attendance. Yeah. Uh, but when I moved back to Joburg, I did find a, another church that I, I served in um, for, while, while I was there. And then I moved back to Cape Town and I struggled to find a church that I identified with. And But then I eventually did find one and I'm still oh, there cool. currently. Oh, awesome. And, but, but I think also, I also grew as an individual and also embraced my own spirituality and my ah. own definition of what that looks like. Nice. Now, we, now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Yes. So, do you want to take us through, through a bit of that? Wow. That, that's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> you, you only have to go on the surface. You don't have to go deep if you don't want yeah, to. No. Um, I, I think... If I take a step back also, um, you know, I think after being retrained, you start asking yourself the question, why is this happening? Yeah. I had this plan, but at the same time, I kind of had this view that they, I have a purpose and perhaps that wasn't my purpose and now is an opportunity for me to fulfill my purpose. Ah. So what happened next is I... I remember I applied for a couple of job, uh, jobs and I went for a couple of interviews and got a sense that this wasn't for me. And then I, I intentionally took a sabbatical, ah. um, sort of in early 2017, and I then studied coaching. So I did two ah. coaching qualifications, uh, one with the Center for Coaching and the GSB, and I also did a certificate in neuroscience coaching through University of Pretoria. Oh, cool. So I did those simultaneously. 
and I started my independent coaching practice called Transcendent Coaching. And because I just knew that there was more to life than just going to work every day and earning a paycheck. Mm. And for me, what was becoming more apparent was how am I going to make a meaningful impact in this world yeah. while I am in this experience called life? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Say the name of the coaching slowly so that listeners can, can hear it clearly. So the coaching practice is called Transcendent Perfect. Coaching. Cool. There you've got it, people. Transcendent Coaching. And do you have a website? Yes. Uh, the website is uh, www.transcendentcoach.com. Mm-hmm. And I also have a, a Facebook page, a Facebook business page called Transcendent Coaching. Awesome. So I'm going to put links to those two in the write-up to the chat so that listeners can find you if they want to use, use you. So that's awesome. So, Thank you. Um, so you've been working as a coach now since, since then, since 2017. That's correct, yes. Okay. okay. And, and it's now 2021. And, 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 and what, how has that that, that process been for you? Um, are you? Are you enjoying what you're doing? Are you make, earning a living? Are you, well, that's a, you don't have to answer that question. Um, but how's it going for you? <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, I think uh, to answer the question honestly, it is a journey, you know? Uh, and what I mean by that is that it, it, it comes with, with challenges, mm-hmm. uh, financial challenges, for example. Um, because I am the breadwinner, I am single. I don't have anybody else to depend on. Yeah. So when there is no money, then one needs to make. Well, I have, I had to make mm. decisions, and part of my journey was to actually go back into formal employment for a while. Okay. Just to pay the bills, but while even though I knew that I needed to do that, I didn't stop growing the practice and okay. working quite actively within the practice awesome. because that is something that I know this is what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. And I think with the lockdown that happened last year, I think it's become even more important for people. Well, not It has become more important and I think people have realized the importance of doing things that they are really, really passionate mm. about. And also realizing that they are here for a purpose yeah. and also realizing that they have choices. Mm. In as much as we have financial commitments and all of that, we do have choices. Um, I mean, interestingly enough, I just read an article today uh, called The Mass Resignation. Oh. Much more apparent in the US and the UK, but it's taking effect in South Africa as well, particularly as a result of COVID where employees are resigning from jobs because they are unhappy. Yeah. And they, they're making other decisions for their lives. Mm. And I, I personally think that is liberating yeah. because you're standing in your authenticity unapologetically. I love what you're saying. I absolutely love, love what you're saying. I had the experience this past two weeks with two clients who had COVID, were very, very sick, came out of COVID and... Re- re-evaluated their lives completely. Um, both of them were high-stress jobs. 
um, both of them made the choice to stay in the jobs, but their commitment is to engage with work completely differently. Completely yes. differently. So it will be interesting to see um, um, how, how, how that will look for them. But, but one is just kind of, we realize that loyalty goes as far as the next paycheck. What the hell was I doing? Killing myself for this work. I nearly, I nearly lost my life. Lying in the hospital on, on, on oxygen made me realize what's important in my life. I need, to, I need to commit to what's important in my life. And that's beautiful to hear. It, it's really, really an important, a, a, a fascinating, to, fascinating process to, 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 to go through. Absolutely. No, it is. It is. So, what is there something that, that you specifically specialize in, that you specifically find interesting and fascinating and you like and, 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 and you feel that's, that's one, one thing that you as a coach specifically bring to the party? I unlock potential. Ah. That is what I do. Um, and I unlock potential using a number of tools uh, or, or another, a number of methodologies. The first one that I'm particularly really, really passionate about, it's, it's nurturing natural talents. Ah. Um, because to my point earlier, we are in this experience called life for a reason. And the earlier we discern what that reason is, and we know what our talents are, and we develop our talents into strengths. We live a successful life. We live a strength-based life. We make more impact. And everything else just follows. Mm. So that is the one of the, the, the biggest reasons why I do what I do is to see how I can partner with clients to unlock their potential. And then the, the other aspect that I'm also particularly interested in and that I obviously incorporate into my coaching practice is really around what the well-being aspect. Oh. Um, and I've seen that now, particularly in COVID, with when people are still in, in full-time jobs and with some of my clients, the impact that remote working has had on their well-being. Where in many instances, it's, it's being away from, physically away from the office, but always at work because you're sitting in front of this laptop mm. all the time and there's this expectation that you need to be sort of on call when that email arrives mm. um, and, 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 and the boundaries just get blurred. Yeah, like a previous podcast guest of mine said, we don't work from home, we live at work. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, that's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. So it's a big yes. exercise in boundary setting, in, in actually being able Absolutely. To, to say, but I've done my hours. This is, um, I've, I'm done for the day. And to, to, That's to, right. to, to, to stop yourself from grabbing the phone whenever you hear the ping for the mail to come through and all those type of things. That's right. That's right. No, that's true. So how do you practice those things that you preach in your own life? Or are you as bad as I am? I'm really, really good at telling people what to do, but I really can't do it in my own life. <laughs> I wouldn't say I can't do it. I think, again, I think it's a journey, you know, uh, but I've, I've gotten so in tune with my, my beingness and my body that when I'm out of sync, my body actually tells me. Okay. And then I need to slow, then I know I need to slow down. Okay. But I think, 
I think it was about, um, I think maybe about five or six years ago, I was introduced to, to meditation. Okay. Um, which talks to the whole spirituality component as well. And that's part of my spiritual development. And that has fundamentally changed my life as well. Um, I remember as a child, I, I wouldn't say I suffered, but I mean, I experienced, and when I was younger, I experienced a lot of anxiety. Um, I remember, you know, for example, even at work when I needed to do presentations and things like that, um, I felt very uneasy to do that. And as I journeyed on my spiritual journey with regards to meditation and those types of practices, my well-being actually improved. Ah. And I've got this deep sense of calmness about life in general. You do have a so there's very few things that phase me, to be quite honest. You, one, one thing that, that I liked about you from the first time I met you was you, you have an incredibly, incredibly calm aura. You really do. Thank you. Um, and, 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 and that's why I liked you, because you kind of juxtapose my kind of current level of exterior. <laughs> 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 that, that, that I'm feeling inside. I, I don't know if I project it, but that, that's definitely what... <laughs> I, 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 I have this volcano in me that's constantly just about to erupt. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. It's calm to me now. That kind of just suppresses this, <laughs> this volcano. <constantly>. I, <laughs> I, I said to my, I had a supervision session with my, with my counseling supervisor just now before you, and I said to her, I've discovered something about myself today. Actually, last yesterday, is that I don't have a problem to say no even though it doesn't come easily. Um, and I thought my problem was that I say yes too easily, and that's definitely a problem, but the problem is that I get too passionately involved in things. I, 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 I get overly passionate and then overcommit. <laughs> and there's my... I see. I see. <laughs> I see. So, so tell me, how do you, is, is, is meditation a daily thing for you? I try for it to be a daily thing. I don't always get it right, but you know, I think meditation means different things to different different people. So for me, it's part of it is the um, is the actual meditation, um, but I practice mindfulness activities throughout the day. Whether it be, I mean, I'm blessed to live in a fantastic area with lovely parks and lots of greenery and that kind of thing. Mm. And I think in many ways, my cocker spaniel Jack keeps me grounded because he demands attention. Yes, oh, five and a half old. Oh, sweet. I love cock spaniels. They are awesome. They, he, they are. They are. So um, I generally so, go so, so for... he keeps you into the parks? Or he keeps you focused to, to go into the parks? To he keeps me focused to go to the parks. Because they're also quite, quite active I've, little beings. He needs to walk. They're very active. Yeah. Um, sometimes too active for me, particularly in the morning. <laughs> You know, because I like to sort of ease into my day. Oh, you are. And then the next well. next thing he'll just jump on top of me and sort of <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Look who's here. <laughs> so um, but I mean I love him too, but so imagine. yeah, so apart from the, the, the meditation, I go for walks uh, very regularly. i on average do like a five K walk, try and do oh. it three times a week at least, um, depending on the weather. Um, 
And I just take time out for myself, sometimes in utter silence, okay. you know, because there's just so much noise and I, and I enjoy mm. just listening to the birds or mm. um, enjoying, the, enjoying the silence, as I say, yeah. you know, and just being mindful whether I'm cooking or drinking a glass of wine or listening to a podcast or reading a book or reading an article yes. or just lying on the couch with my eyes closed. Absolutely. Yeah. That, so I've certainly gotten better in terms of the taking care of myself over the years. Good. And um, because, you know, I, for me, it's important to sort of be true to who I am as an individual and also as a coach, mm. if that makes yeah. sense. Mm. So, so I, in many ways, I hold myself accountable. Yeah. That's good. That, that, that's wonderful. And when you listen to a podcast and when you read, what, what type of things do you read and listen to? It depends. Um, mostly, not fiction, let me put it that way. I, I hardly ever listen to fiction. So it's sort of inspirational talks. Okay. I enjoy um, Brene Brown's work. Oh, Adam Grant. awesome. Uh, who's an organizational psychologist. I mean, he's just phenomenal. He's written a book called Think Again, and it's really about us challenging our thinking patterns ah. to, to rethink because we're not necessarily correct. Mm. Um, then there's the, the, the psychology podcast, which I quite enjoy. Uh, Simon Sinek's work I really Ooh. enjoy. Um, Start with a, why. I had a big crush on Simon Sinek for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was he was officially my internet crush for a long long time <laughs> and, then, and then suddenly one day i looked at him and said what what was this about so i, I feel terribly sorry simon i've broken up with you in my head <laughs> i'm sorry that you have to hear it like this but um, i'm sorry I don't know. <laughs> yes. No, he's phenomenal. He's he absolutely phenomenal. He, yeah. he taught me a very interesting lesson once. He did a very short video about the way we interact with, with, with social media and our phones. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he put me into the, 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 the habit of when you wait for a bus or, or a friend to pick you up or, 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 or at the doctor's rooms or to whatever, just don't just grab your phone. Just be. Be there. Yes. Be in that room, at that stage, waiting. And it's really, really interesting to do because invariably, wherever I am waiting and not on my phone, I'm the only one not on my phone. So it, it, it's a very interesting feeling to sit there and to just be present in this moment and to yes. see all these other people going, going ballistic on their phones. A while ago, there was a, 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 an explosion on a bus or a train. If I talked now a while ago, it's a few years ago. Um, because somebody walked in to the, to, to the train, I think it was a train, with a bomb. And I still said to my husband at that stage, how do you not notice that somebody's walked into the train with a bomb? And, was like, and then I started, I was living in Somerset West at that stage, and I took the train into work. And I said to my husband, after about two or three days, I now know how somebody gets into a train with a bomb because nobody looks at anybody else. Everybody's on their phones. <laughs> so it's the easiest thing on earth to do because nobody looks at you. Everybody's so involved on their phones. So watch out, murderers and terrorists and things. 
I'll see you because I'm not on my phone. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it's really a fascinating thing to, to just have those few minutes of, of, of being present. It is indeed. It is indeed. Absolutely. And I think the best thing one can do, well, for me in particular, is to start your way that you start your day that way, mm-hmm. yeah. and to end your day that way. Yes. Um, because it, I mean, and and the research supports it. I mean, Ariana Huffington in the book Thrive, for example, um, and there's a lot of other research that talks about the importance of sleep and getting adequate sleep mm-hmm. and the impact that, that that has on our well-being. Yeah. Are you a good sleeper? I've become a good sleeper. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, now I've become a good sleeper. By and large, of- except the, the only time I'm not really a good sleeper is if I'm if I'm experiencing stress, okay. personal stress. Mm. Then then my sleep patterns is a, is a bit er- yeah. erratic. But generally, I sleep well. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> what I've discovered is in those moments of personal stress, yoga nidra meditations work really yes. well for me. Guided yoga nidra meditations. I invariably put my earphones in the days when I still had um, um, earphones with a, with a cord. And then I woke, wake up the next morning with a cord wrapped around my neck because I fell asleep during the meditation. So, so, so yes. that, that, that really works for me. Do you, med- do, you, do you use a meditation app or do you do quiet meditations? I do. Um, I use uh, YouTube meditation. Okay. So there's two people that I follow in particular. An uh, Australian guy called uh, Jason Stevenson. I love his work. Okay. Um, and he just has the most soothing voice and he does oh. guided visualizations and, and meditations. And a lady by the name of Sarah Raymond from the Mindful Movement. Okay. I love her work as well. I thought you were going to say Sarah Blondin because that is my, that, 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 that was the other internet, internet crush. Um, she, she, she does meditations on a platform that she calls Live Awake. Talk about oh. a, soothing, a soothing voice. Oh, my word, you As gay as I am, so she turns me on. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, when, when Sarah talks, I go, I'm listening. She's <laughs> awesome. She's wonderful. I love that woman dearly. So, so there's another Sarah for you to have a look into. Sarah Blondin, um, I'm, I'm, I'm never awake. Thank you for that. And if you can, if, if you can give our listeners to last question, one life tip, one thing that 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 your Banda coach says, if you do this, chances are that that you're going to be okay. What would that be? And I know that's a difficult question. I'll give you three seconds to think about it. <laughs> I would say. And I mean, it, it might sound very cliched, but to live in the present moment. Because when we are mindful and we live in the present moment, yeah. we, we aren't anxious about what has happened. Yes. And we aren't worrying about what is going to happen. Mm. We are so present in that moment and really just absorbing and taking it in, in its entirety. Yeah. So that that really would be my invitation if you will awesome. for people to just live in that present moment and i think it's so important more so now than ever before yes where we yes. mostly confined to our homes 
And there's just so much stimulation from a social media perspective and online working and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and it can become very overwhelming. So I think it's really, really important to make it a daily practice to live in the present yeah. moment. Awesome. I, I really, really like that. And I'm, I'm getting this picture. There's a, there, there, there's a meme or something out, out there in the world with this guy walking with his dog and this little, you know, that bubble that, that they do above somebody to say what you're thinking or what, you, what yes, you're yes. saying. So above the dog is just this empty bubble. But above the guy, the, the guy who walks the dog is just this busyness. And, yes, and yes. that's one thing that we can learn from, from our animals. Is, is, Absolutely. Is Absolutely. In, this, in this moment, I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. Yes. Unconditional love. I'm present. And, 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 and let, let's enjoy this moment for what it is. I exactly. love watching, watching people. I don't have a dog. I've got four cats, by the way. But I so want wow. a dog. I so want a dog. <laughs> you may have a challenge getting a dog with your four cats. <laughs> um, that, that's why it will have to be a puppy so the, the, the gas can train it very well but anyway yes. um, and I so love watching people walk in the dark and to watch that tail wag it just, it's just one of the most beautiful things a dog with a wagging tail it's just such, such unadulterated joy in that moment absolutely. And, absolutely. And, 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 and won't it be fabulous if we can all be present in this moment and literally wag our 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 our, our, our non-existing powers. But um, absolutely, because in right here, right now, everything is perfect. Everything's That's fine. Right. There's no reason to, to to worry about anything. And on that point, you and I'm going to say to you, thank you, thank you very very much. Appreciate the time. Appreciate taking us on this journey with you and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, thank you, Freddie. It's been awesome. an absolute honor. Fantastic. I really love how Yule has such a deep connection with his God and how he specifically used his faith to get him through the death of his mother when he was only 18 years old. I want to thank Yule for his time and energy in talking with us and wish him a coaching practice that bursts at the seams. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at, at Freddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an I-E at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.